Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Unpopular Opinion. So I've touched on many aspects surrounding weight in my previous episodes, trying to remove the negative associations that we make when we look at higher weights, larger bodies, and just just even talking about weight control. And I think this is a good time to define the health at every size paradigm and its place in healthcare. Firstly, please do not take health at every size to mean everyone is healthy at every size. What it is saying, however, is that you can be healthy at every size. All assumptions are locked away and no matter who the person is, we investigate all areas of health. So this is how I like to think of it. Whatever approach is taken to work with someone who may be considered the thin ideal or quote-unquote desirable weight, the same approach should apply to someone considered outside that normal range. So let's just think about that. This, that's not something that happens often. And I think that just shows the high degree of weight bias and weight discrimination that occurs. So the principles of health at every size are, number one, weight inclusivity. Body diversity is respected and we reject the idealizing or pathologizing of specific weights. So, you know, none of this, if you are a larger body size, you will have increased risk of chronic disease. Nope. Hopefully my previous episodes helped in the understanding that there is no clear-cut research in this space. There is a lot of contradictory evidence when it comes to linking weight to disease and mortality risk. Number two, health enhancement. We want to support health policies that improve and equalize access to information and services and personal practices that improve human well-being, including attention to individual, physical, economic, social, spiritual, emotional, and other needs. Number three, respect, respectful care. Acknowledge, you know, our biases, our own biases. We want to end weight discrimination, weight stigma, weight bias. Provide information and services from an understanding of socioeconomic status, race, gender, sexual orientation, age, and other identities that impact weight stigma and support environments that address these inequities. Number four, eating for well-being. We want to promote flexible, individualized eating based on hunger, satiety, nutritional needs, and pleasure, 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 rather than any externally regulated eating plan focused on weight control. Number five, life-enhancing movement. We want to support physical activities that allow people of all sizes, abilities, and interests to engage in enjoyable movement to the degree that they choose. I get so excited about this because health at every size is a brilliant approach because we need to end the idea that we can shame people into engaging in healthy behaviors. It's useless and it does not provide the desired effect. So this is the most amazing part, engaging in healthy dietary behaviors. And when I mean healthy, like I'm just talking non-restrictive, non-clean eating, you know, it's nothing, nothing 
crazy. It's not a diet. But also engaging in exercise, which again, it does not have to be hardcore vigorous workouts, as well as, you know, maintaining, you know, social engagement, spirit and spiritual connection. They all directly, directly, directly impact on health, physical and mental, regardless of weight. Can we just let this sink in? So an example, you started incorporating whole grains and pulses into your diet and you're walking every day. Your cholesterol and blood pressure lowers and, you know, you also happen to lose weight. The change in lifestyle directly impacted on these internal health markers, not the weight loss. Oh my God, (laughs) I get so excited. I just get so excited. Like, that's amazing. Health at every size is not anti-weight loss. Rather, it does not promote weight loss as a health strategy. Key reasons for this are that weight is not a behavior and health health at every size focuses on addressing behaviors and a focus on weight perpetuates weight stigma and therefore shame. It's also a problem in that a person can actively take steps to improve their eating and exercise habits, but they may not lose the desired amount of weight or any weight at all. Despite the person's health improving, they feel disheartened about their weight and they may be less motivated to maintain the changes. Another issue with a weight focus is people often really push themselves way too hard to get the results, which from previous episodes, I discussed the challenges of weight manipulation and, you know, the genetics involved. So rather than making gentle, sustainable changes to eating, you know, eating habits, dietary changes, it can end up being overly restrictive or unsustainable. A person who enjoys walking for exercise can feel that, you know, oh, I'm not burning enough calories for this. So they try something much more intense, which, you know, they don't enjoy. Um, They can experience pain or injury. And this is definitely off-putting. You don't want to do exercise altogether. These negative experiences do little to foster long-term behavior change or self-care. With health at every size, if a person loses weight through changing their health behaviors and better self-care, weight loss is just a beneficial side effect. It's not the primary goal. Your body is saying, okay, I can function best at this lower at this lower weight. The key message is some people lose weight, some people maintain their weight, and some people might gain weight. There is no way of knowing. The approach of health at every size allows for everyone to come from a place of wanting to take care of their body, not change it. Hopefully, this approach and paradigm makes more sense now and there's more understanding around why it should be incorporated in a healthcare setting. After the break, I talked to another, yes, (laughs) good friend of mine, Emily Craw. Can I just say, I've, you know, I've not had to search far and wide to have guests on and have great discussions because everyone is influenced in some way by diet culture. Anyway, we're going to have a really personal and quite powerful discussion around M's experience in a healthcare setting and wow, oh, surprise. Yep, diet culture of course. We'll be back in a second.
Hello, hello, Emily. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. No, that's absolutely my pleasure. (laughs) Um, I've known Em for, it seems like, forever now. Um, We probably, you know, found that uh, stronger relationship at the, I think, the end of high school. Um, And then, yeah, we just kept that going through uni because we went to the same uni. Um, So, yeah, we've been through quite a few things together, you know, experiences, of course, um, from late teens to now, you know, early 20s. Um, So, yeah, it's been been interesting. Um, So I'm really, but I'm really happy that, you know, you're on the podcast today because I think you'll be able to put, a different perspective. Um, you come from a you come from a different perspective. I think is what I'm trying to say. And we always need that. We need so many different perspe- perspectives when we talk about diet culture. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be good to just explain um, a bit more about yeah, like um, my experiences and um, my kind of I guess development with diet culture um, in my view. Yeah. 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 So. To start with, how was your relationship with food growing up? Um, looking back, I would say that um, I've had a very healthy relationship with food growing up. I've been lucky um, enough to be with, in a family that um, really love um, cooking and exploring different types of um, foods um, and different cu- cuisines. Um, my family love cooking. Like my grandma's re- a very good cook. My mum is as well. And I feel like I've really developed um, a bit of their skills now. So, yeah, mm. I, I, know I love baking as well. I'm a big MasterChef fan. Um, so yeah I'd say that um, my relationship with food has always been a really healthy one I haven't um, been very restrictive or I never really overeat I'm always content kind of when my body tells me um, that I'm full so yeah 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 that's yeah amazing Um, I always I do like to ask you know um, if that was if there was any differences between your relationship with food and your relationship with your body how was your relationship with your body growing up um yeah I I feel like um I was very uh, kind of very like accepting of my body um growing up I didn't really view food as kind of like oh it impacted me and my body I think I was very yeah I was just accepting of um who I who I was growing up and I feel like it it wasn't until really the end of high school about like year 10 to to 12 where I really felt like um diet had a had you know like an impact on my body in a negative way Mm. um but since then I've really um viewed diet culture I know quite a you know looking at you know it's you know negatives and um nowadays I you know, look at food in a very healthy way and eat what I want when I want. So, Mm. um, yeah. What was the biggest influence when you're in that year 10 to to 12 stage? Was it people around you, social media? Um, Yeah, I think for me it was, I guess, looking back then, I think social media and like um, Instagram and that kind of thing, I don't know if it was a thing back then, I'm sure it was, but I think um, those kind of influences did kind of come about then and I think it was, um, especially with the social media thing, I think 
you know, it was always following, you know, the the models and the, you know, teen magazines and things like that that did impact me, I think, through those years. Um, I did I, I did um, get, like, the, the monthly girlfriend magazine and <laughs> all of that stuff. So I think that probably did impact on my diet, my view of diet. Mm. But also um, I think as a whole, I think the year 10 to 12 kind of, um, you know, the girls in my years, I feel like I did compare myself um, significantly to other girls. And that was just kind of how it was. I don't think my, my real close social group were not really um, that phased about diet, but definitely I felt like other girls in my year were. So Mm. I guess that was kind of a bit of an influence for me. Like, why did you want to be, you know, that thin ideal? I think it was kind of, um, yeah, like uh, looking at those girls that were per se, yeah, the the thin ideal, looking at them and being like, oh, like I think it was the external things that they had. I think mm-hmm. it was like, oh, you know, she, you know, she's dating this person because she's that, she looks like that. I think mm-hmm. that was a very, yeah, it impacted me and I, I think it really did challenge me and my views because it made me feel like, yeah, I did probably suffer through a bit of low self-worth mm. in terms of, um, you know, being someone who is like a curvy girl naturally. And, um, yeah, like I think it really questioned um, my diet and how I should live because um, I did. I do think like um, an ongoing issue is this, yeah, like the thin ideal but also pretty privilege. And I think mm. um, it was very much highlighted during the, the, those years. Mm. So you thought like, mm, will I ever deserve a, you know, a good relationship or will anyone sort of want to date me if I'm not like that? Yeah, exactly what you've said. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've spoken, you know, obviously a lot about this um, at other times, but I really wanted to hear your experience in a healthcare setting. Um, because I think that would be really powerful for everyone listening. The the times that I've felt like in the past that I've gone to my um, local GP, I've felt like every time I've gone, they um, immediately jump straight to the me- like the measurements. So it's always like, right, what's your height? They'll you know measure my height, and then it'll be great, let's weigh you. And I always get that sudden like, oh great, I hate this part. So you know they weigh me. Um, And obviously they keep track of my weight. So they know what I was the last time I was in. Mm. Um, Mind you, the the one they did this year, I went on a massive trip to Europe at the end of last year. So obviously Mm. it's kind of natural. I'd probably put on some weight being in Italy. Mm. Um, So um, obviously, you know, she said that I'd put on a bit of weight and I said, oh, okay. And then she jumped straight to the you need to cut down your portions, you need to exercise more, you need to not drink this and that. There was just like ongoing things that I had to change with how I was and Mm. I felt very, very like negative about myself and this isn't just one occasion. I think Mm. it's been a couple of occasions I've felt like that. Um, And, yeah, like I do get a bit of anxiety going to the doctor sometimes and I think from these experiences, you know, and I think during during lockdown I've kind of – focused on all you know just thought about things that have made me negative in the past and I think going to the doctor has 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 made me feel like that sometimes Mm. so um yeah I think I will maybe look at other doctors that might suit me better Mm. um yeah next yeah 
I think that's, I mean, you've had this experience. Do you think that a person who was considered in the quote-unquote normal healthy weight range, like thin ideal, that they'd get this same treatment? Oh, definitely not. Yeah. And that's questionable. Like, shouldn't we have equal quality care or even care that's just doesn't shame people into doing healthy behaviours? Oh, definitely. And I think it's really like, you know, when I was told all, all those things, I jumped straight in my head about like, great, I'm going to have to, you know, eat like nothing. I'm going to have to exercise a hundred times more. I'm going to have to be doing all these things when in fact, I am actually a really healthy person. Like I'm a registered nurse. I walk probably 10,000 steps a day. I eat really well. Like it's just, yeah, it shouldn't be, you know, my health shouldn't be measured, um, you know, Mm. upon a number. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I mean, health is so many other things as well. Like, you have great social connections, you know. There's so many other things that how can they not say you're – how can they say you're unhealthy from just that? That's what that's what floors me. Oh, yeah, and I – looking back, I, I see that a lot more now. And I'm like, you know what? Like, before I even went to the doctor, I was so happy with myself and I mm. felt like I was being healthy. So why is this person telling me that I'm not, you know? Yeah, I think that's just, and I think, you know, not not to like be like, oh, we need my profession. It's just, you know, there's a specific time allocated to going to the GP and you are going there for a reason. Like you want something treated. You don't, you don't want to be weighed. You don't want it. That's not why you're going there. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, and this is the thing, like, um, I think the last time it was for a blood test or something. And you know what? Like my blood test results were fine. Like my, you know, my cholesterol was fine. Like I had no issues with my bloods at all. Mm. And, you know, like I donate blood regularly. So like I am a really healthy person, but because, you know, this number, you know, mm. on the scales, has, you know, it's not really a measure of my health at all. Yeah, definitely. And that's what I meant. Like, you know, you could go to the GP for that, Um I would, I would hope that if you did get sent to a dietitian, we'd look, we'd look into everything. There are so many aspects, and even then, I can't tell someone you are unhealthy or you are healthy. That is black and white thinking. There, there's just working towards more healthful behaviours. Like that's all we can do. It's not like putting someone into a category. You can't do that. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, of course, like the doctor didn't ask me anything about like, Mm. you know, the exercise I'm doing or do you know what I mean? It's like you need to do more of this and this to be this. It was, yeah, yeah, I just, it was quite like, yeah. And, you know, and I'm sure with a lot of other people, like I, in the past, I've been very sensitive about my weight um, Mm. and yeah, and it really does not help. You know what I mean? Like, um, your health at all getting this judgment every time you go and really like the GPs they're the ones that should be supporting you the most you know or you know one of the people so yeah yeah, I guess it was just a bit surprising and a bit um yeah negative I mean I can only imagine how frustrating that would be you want something treated you're going there for a completely different reason and you're just getting told to lose weight but like it's not just that you're not just getting told to lose weight you're getting a blanket answer of restrict and exercise more that doesn't I mean with the genetics and everything else involved 
that doesn't mean that you will lose weight. There is no way of guessing that. So what's with the the, the blanket statement, statement happening? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, no, and, yeah, like it's just insane that, you know, like health has to be measured by that single measurement. Like it just, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. And you know what, like I think nowadays, um, you know, doing a health degree and like learning all about health um, in general, um, like you, Marina, like mm. I think you definitely learn about all the factors that are involved with health. Mm. And yeah, and number one, it's genetics. Like that is a very significant factor in how someone is, is shaped. Um, and I think I've just grown up to just accept that more and more every day that it's not in my control. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Even about, I would say two years ago, I wouldn't have been so, uh, I wouldn't have had the belief that genetics played a, a humongous role just because that's never been said. It's always been, well, your diet and exercise controls your weight. Um, and I'm not sure if that's been like that for you. When was it, when did it click that there is, there is a, a lot of, a, a lot of things to do with weight is genetics. When did that click for you? Um, I, I, I personally feel, and like Marina, you, you've known me long enough. Like mm. I think, within the last year or two mm. years I I feel like I have really I don't know some people say like gone through a bit of a self-discovery but I feel like I have experienced this mm. um and become a lot more aware about myself and why I am the way I am mm. and I think um yeah I would say probably probably this year like with yeah. coronavirus going on I I do feel like you know I I have realized, Hey, you know, like, yeah, I am this way because of these reasons. And, um, you know, what is a life, you know, living where you have to restrict your life mm -hmm. to be a certain ideal, like it's Absolutely. just not worth it. We want a yeah. meaningful life, a meaningful life. And we've got one life. So why are we caught up in changing our body for the duration of that life. I mean, changing your body as, as many people have experienced is not just a one-time thing. It goes on forever until you basically give up. Yeah, That's the crazy I, thing. Yeah. I, I feel like I would agree with you. And um, I think it did get to that point where mm. I think probably during uni, I was just like, you know what? I don't have to be anyone else but myself. And like, I think, yeah, I think I'm not going to say like maturity made me realize these things, but I think a bit of like experience and, you know, um, having like some relationships and realizing that, yeah, like I'm actually, I don't need to look that certain way to get a boyfriend. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. um, yeah, like, and I think um, increasing your self, self-worth and being like, yeah, I, I am the way I am is really kind of, um, yeah, has changed yeah. my life really. Do you think any of those times, you know, you you did deep down you thought you were healthy. You were like, what are they talking about? But did did their opposing feedback ever sway your belief that oh, maybe I'm not. Maybe maybe my weight is going to be harmful. Um yeah, I mean like I think after having those experiences, you do go home like kind of scratching your head and you're like yeah, what have I done? You know, yeah. like, um, how can I, how can I, I, I and yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I probably did go home and say, Hey, I need to not 
eat this as yeah. much or I need to not have this toast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think carbs was a big thing. I remember the doctor talking about like you need to reduce your carbs. Oh, and I was my just God. Like, okay. <laughs> that is yeah, like so- nails on a chalkboard for me. I am – I just <laughs> – what did carbs ever do to anyone? What is this? Yeah. And I can tell you now, like, there were those kind of moments, Marina, that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to change my whole eating. And can I be honest with you, the only time I change what I eat is because I have had ongoing, um, uh, like, uh, lactose intolerant kind of symptoms. Mm. So the only time I have changed my diet um, mm. was when I was not tolerating um, full, like full, um, full yeah. cream milk and things. Mm. So like the best decision I made was switching to lactose free yeah. milk where I'm still getting like the, um, the, you know, all the vitamins and things I need. So yeah, like ever since that, I am so glad I made that decision because I'm not having those symptoms anymore. But yeah, I feel like apart from that, I haven't really made any diet changes um, to my life. It's more just been like the thought of maybe I should, and then you sort of ground yourself and go, nah, not going to do that. Yeah. Pretty much. And um, yeah, I guess there have been a lot of factors that have helped with that. Um, And it's the little things, you know, like I feel like I've mentioned social media before, but nowadays I follow like body positive women. I've unfollowed all those people that are just negative. Mm -hmm. And you know what I do? And I have mentioned this to you before, Marina, about like, friends posting about like being on keto diets and like all of that like just really negative pages that you just do not need to be seeing every day like I just unfollowed those pages and honestly like I think it's changed my life just though just little things um just those yeah just getting a whole bunch of positive vibes I think to me Mm, absolutely like I think we think that that's such a like, oh, I mean, you could just ignore it. The fact is what you're seeing every day is influencing you. Like no matter how you want to see it, you are taking in all this information. So absolutely, oh, my gosh, like even just balancing your feed with the good, like the body positive, the non-restrictive eating, the just, you know, being happy with what you've got, like being even just body neutral, like you don't have to be fully body positive. I think yeah oh definitely um yeah like I think other factors like obviously social media but um you know and I think it does help like obviously with your connections around you like I think you know my dad has told me multiple times like M, like you know you are you are you are who you are because of me and Mm -hmm. I'm like I know do you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. and I think him reaffirming that to me is like yeah like I should be embracing my curves like I don't need to hide them you know what I mean or I don't need to go on restrictive diets to be a certain ideal yeah yeah absolutely and you know again I've said this in other episodes but I can only imagine like you've had this experience in a healthcare setting, for example, where it's just not very nice, it's quite shaming, you feel like quite anxious, you know, people who are who are of higher weights, larger body sizes, you can only imagine the feelings that they get every single day. Like it must be just so draining and just so it's like abuse, basically. Why are we letting that stand? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I've, I agree with you. I think I can only imagine how they're feeling. You know what I mean? Like 
and yeah, I'm not considered the very obese um, category and it must be horrible for them to go through that frustration every time. Um, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I just, I don't understand. It hasn't worked for us in the past. We've had many, many years, you know, doing approaching healthcare in a weight centric way. It's not worked. So can we just try something else, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. I wanted to go back to, it's it's a little bit personal, but I did want to go back to the question of, you know, has weight ever been really tied into your worth? Like, have you ever had, you know, you just felt like that strong relationship between worth and weight? Um, That's a really good question. I personally feel like... um, earlier like going through like high school years I would say that I definitely felt like weight was um connected to my Mm self-worth I think um yeah like my low self-worth I I think I always thought like I had to be thin to be desired by the opposite sex like that was Mm -hmm. something I definitely um felt growing growing up um during those times um my whole view on my self-worth has changed I feel like I really embrace who I am and whatever comes with it because I think I know that um yeah like really if someone doesn't like you for for being you know not the not the um the supposed ideal then that's their problem you know Mm. yeah absolutely absolutely um and what do you think helped you on this journey to just you know accepting what you are who you are yeah I, I I think it got to that point that we discussed before like um that yeah like enough kind of was enough do you know what I, yeah. you know like I think it got to that point where what is the point of being on these restrictive ways or you know not having as many carbs and I normally would like what's the point what is that mm. doing for anyone mm. you know or me you know because the fact is like I love bread and I love butter I'm gonna have it yeah <laughs> um plus it doesn't I, it's not detrimental really like that's no, the exactly. actual fact food is food so yeah yes and I think um yeah just accepting that I can eat what I want you know I should be able to eat what I want when I want and you know it's all about how I feel and I think health um is all about happiness and mm. there are a lot of other things that impact health and I feel like I am a healthy person because yeah I am a social person I um I am active at work I have a really positive work environment yeah. um and a loving family and I think that's really um helped me um kind of yeah like realize who I am and increase my self-worth yeah definitely well I think we'll end with that thank you so much for chatting with me today I really loved this changed perspective it's you know it's definitely personal and you've sort of been on the end of I guess a bit of weight bias and some weight stigma from your GP so thank you so much for sharing no, thank you so much. And um, yeah, Marina, I love what you're doing. And um, all of us need to band together and get rid of this diet culture. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. All right, I'll speak to you soon. Oh my gosh, I know just how common this experience of visiting the GP is. So I really thank Emily for sharing her story and shedding some more light uh, um, in, in this area, I guess. 
I also really want to say that you do have the final say when it comes to your health. You can choose a GP that doesn't focus on weight. Many health professionals practice using the health at every size approach. If you don't want to change GPs, you do have the right to ask that you're not weighed. You have a choice. The health at every size approach is very much evidence-based. I just thought that that would be important to say because I think some people think that it's just come out of nowhere and it's just made up or it's just like this mythical creature that's just, you know, we've just found. No, it's definitely evidence-based. So look into it with an open mind, but also Lindo Bacon's, Fiona Willers and Christy Harrison's websites are all great places to get more information. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Unpopular Opinion. I'll be back next week. I'm on the road.